Hello, you beautiful, amazing women. Welcome to the Live Treasured Podcast. You know something? Loss is not the end of your story. And God has filled the book of Ruth with amazing, timeless biblical truths, not only to help our hearts heal after loss, but also to experience His over-the-top, wonderful restoration from everything the enemy has taken. And in today's podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you an audio teaching message from Naomi's next chapter, which is a Treasure Tribe Bible study on the book of Ruth. And hey, if you're interested in accessing all Treasure Tribe Bible studies like Naomi's next chapter and other amazing benefits, including access to our private social media platform for our Just for Women online Christian community, I want you to go visit www.treasuredtribe.com and sign up for membership. And you know something? Best of all, when you sign up for membership, not only do you get access to everything that you need to dive in and study the Word of God, you get a supportive community to cheer you on and... You support Treasured Ministries because 100% of the revenue goes right back into supporting everything that we do, including this podcast. Visit treasuredtribe.com, sign up for membership, and get ready to thrive with daily truth and a tribe by your side. And now, on to today's show. Let's do this. Naomi's next chapter, our seven-week study on the book of Ruth. Now, if you've been doing Bible study with Treasured Ministries for a while, you know at the very first lesson some years ago, I started wearing a cowboy hat to just kind of signature that giddy up and let's get started on our journey. And boy, could I not be more excited about our journey together. I have thoroughly enjoyed writing this study, and I cannot wait to dive into these four paramount chapters inside of God's Word with you. So now that I've welcomed you, I'm going to go ahead and take off my cowboy hat, set it aside a bit, so that we can dive into uh, today's lesson. Now, 
When I was researching uh, the book of Ruth, I came across a story that I knew that I wanted to share with you today. It's out of John Corson's commentary, and it just illustrates the impact that the book of Ruth has on those who hear about this journey. The story is told that when Benjamin Franklin was ambassador to France, he spoke to a group of intellectuals who continually scoffed at his belief in the Bible. Unconvinced that these men were familiar with the book they mocked, Franklin said, By the way, gentlemen, I have come across a most intriguing love story that I would like to read for you tonight. I think you'll find it interesting. He then proceeded to read a handwritten copy of the book of Ruth. After he finished reading the four short chapters, his audience was ecstatic. That is the greatest love story we have ever heard, they exclaimed. You must publish it at once. Franklin answered, it has already been published. It is in the Bible. And the scoffers were silenced. You know, the book of Ruth, whether you have walked with the Lord for years, or this is just the beginning of your journey, or even as this story illustrated, you are not even sure about the Bible. The book of Ruth carries great impact on those that hear this story. Many times the book of Ruth is described as being a light to shine in darkness and bringing hope. And that is the gift of this book. It breathes faith, hope, and love back into your heart, especially after you've experienced great loss. And this is important because inside of our broken world, it's impossible to prevent loss in our life. But with God's redeeming love, He can restore all the losses in our life so that we can find life to live again. Our first goal is that you and I, as we walk through the book of Ruth, are going to find hope through God's redeeming love. You know, with the Lord, there is always life after loss. And it is through God's redeeming love that we can find that hope again to believe that all things are possible. Number two, you and I are going to discover God's timeless biblical truths inside of His Word to nurture our next season. Now, the book of Ruth is not just a great love story between Boaz and Ruth. It's also the story of the harvest. And with harvest, there is always hope. Inside of the Bible, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, God uses the picture of harvest from seed time all the way through harvest. Those pictures of agriculture, of planting, and of reaping to illustrate timeless biblical principles, those steps of faith that we can take today to change our tomorrow. 
And so every week, we're going to be not only diving into the book of Ruth, but during the time that I come to give you our Treasure Tribe talk, I'm also going to be showing you a biblical principle about the harvest that you can use to help heal your heart. Number three, I want you to be inspired through Naomi's story to lift those heavy pages of your chapter of loss so that you can begin your new chapter. You know, the women who have experienced great loss but can find the courage to love again and live for the Lord, those women are my heroes. In fact, inside of the book of Ruth, our three main people are Boaz, Ruth, and Naomi. And mostly, when you look inside Bible studies, the focus is usually on Ruth or Boaz. And while we're going to glean and learn a lot of truths from those two people, I don't want you to miss out on the blessing of the inspiration that you can find through Naomi's life. Naomi experienced great loss, but she was able to love again and live for the Lord. And it is women like this that I come in contact with through Treasured Ministries. Those women are my heroes. And it never ceases to amaze me when I hear their stories, to find that call to courage, to rise up again out of the ashes of our past and into the adventure God has for us. So with that in mind, let's get started inside of today's Nourish Scripture, which is Ruth chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Now, today we're really going to be looking at uh, Naomi's life. And what I want you to see about her life uh, that we glean from just these seven verses is that Naomi was a woman who loved deeply and lost greatly. You know, I actually taped the this session um, about a week ago, and then a friend of mine showed me a quote from Lisa Turkhurst, and I said to myself, I'm going to retape that first uh, week's lesson for Naomi's next chapter because this quote was just so profound, and it also just tied in so well uh, with Naomi's life. So I, I want to read it to you. Um, she says this, Bitterness often comes to tender-hearted people. Tender-hearted people love deep, so they hurt deep. Bitterness isn't an indication that you have a cold, hard heart. It actually probably means you have a very tender heart, but it has come because you have experienced a loss. Now, in our lesson next week, we're going to see that Naomi was very bitter because of the loss that she had experienced in her life. But what I love about this quote from Lisa, and what I want you to uh, wrap your arms around today, is that there's a reason for Naomi's feelings. They're very valid because she had experienced great loss. 
and I want to ask you a question. Are you struggling with bitterness? And perhaps it is that you've experienced a great loss in your life. You know, one of the most powerful steps that you can take to your redemption is validating the pain in the past that you've experienced. So let's look inside of Naomi's life and find out the roots of her loss, starting with verse one. Here we go. In the days when the judges ruled Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. Now, in the days when the judges ruled, that was about 1100 uh, BC. And this time is outlined in the book of Judges. Um, scholars believe that Ruth was written as well and took place during this time. And the book of Judges describes what happened to God's people during this time. You see, they had just settled the promised land, right? But then a new generation rose up. Judges 2.10 says this, after that generation died, the generation that settled the promised land, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things that he had done for Israel. And then Judges 17.6 says it this way, in those days, Israel had no king, and all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Now, that verse, in those days, Israel had no king, and all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes, that's actually repeated um, several times throughout in the book of Judges. And God wants us to understand that the reason for this dark time is because not only did they not, they not have a king, but he was not their king. They were not following him. William Worsbury, inside of his commentary, says this, the book of Judges is the story of Israel in one of its lowest points in history. It is a record of division, cruel apostasy, civil war, and national disgrace. It was a dark time when the book of Ruth uh, uh, was taking place. And it says that a severe famine came upon the land. Now, inside of the Bible, in particular in the Old Testament, many times famine is the result of God's people walking away from him and not listening to him or following him. And so the Bible says in the days when the judges ruled, and these were very dark times, a severe famine came upon the land. So from the darkness, there existed a famine. And inside of this dark time, we find a family of four that is faced with this famine and they have to make a decision. Going back to verse one. So a man from Bethlehem in Judea left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and his two sons with him. The man's name was Elimech and his wife was Naomi. Their two sons were Mehon and Kilion. They were Ephrahites from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. And when they reached Moab, 
they settled there. Now, a few things that I want you to understand about this section of verses is that Moab was a no-no. Moab was a no-no. That God determined that his people would live in a very specific place, the promised land with very specific borders. And that was out of his love and care for them. And it wasn't just the land that he had designated for them. It was part of their spiritual inheritance. But what I want you to see is that Moab was not a part of God's design. In fact, and this is kind of funny, but in Psalm 108, 9, God calls Moab his wash basin. Now, a wash basin uh, was a a um, was a, a container that was used inside of people's homes, and and when people would come, they had been traveling on dusty uh, on dusty roads because this was in a desert region, and so you would wash their feet off in the wash basin and the dirt would fall inside of that wash basin. So basically, you know, God is saying this is like the holder of dirty feet water, right? Um, and and Moab, the, the origins of Moab actually came from Lot. Uh, after Lot left Sodom and Gomorrah, he was left with his two daughters and his daughters made the decision to get their father drunk and to sleep with them uh, to, to carry on the family line. And so Moab was not a place, it was outside of God's design, not only the place, uh, but the people. And here's what I want you to see, that Naomi's husband made a decision to go outside of God's design. Now, when he went outside of God's design, what was driving him to go there was a legitimate need, right? I mean, there's a couple of things going on here. Number one, uh, hunger is a legitimate need for everybody. We all have to eat, right? And then there's also that God-given need that the Lord gives a man to provide for his family, right? And so, so his legitimate need, the need to feed himself, the need to provide for his family, and looking around and seeing the famine, he decided to go outside of God's design. And what I want you to see here is that it was a legitimate need. There's nothing wrong with hunger. There's nothing wrong with wanting to provide for your family. But when you go outside of God's design, that is when disaster can hit. And here's the other thing that I want you to, to see about this is that uh, from this verse, um, when it says, and he went to live in the country of Moab, that word live there uh, has the sense with it. In, the, in other words, when I looked at the definition, it was to dwell for a time 
to seek hospitality with. Um, so, so in other words, the sense is that I believe that when they started out, that he was not thinking, okay, I'm going to leave Bethlehem forever and I'm just going to go settle in Moab. I believe he thought to himself, we'll just go there for a little while. We'll just go there to satisfy our hunger for a little while. It was a temporary, a temporary fix to satisfy that desire that he had for hunger. The other thing that I want you to see is that instead of walking by faith and, and staying in Bethlehem, right? Because when we walk by faith, we're, we take God at his word. And God said that, that they were to stay uh, inside of the promised land. But he was not walking by faith. He chose to walk by sight. And what he saw probably uh, put fear in him. There was, there was a famine in the land. But there was food in Moab. I believe that his intentions when he left were to say it's just for a little while, right? It's only 50 miles outside of Bethlehem. It's just outside of God's boundaries. Proverbs 14, 12 says this. There's a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. And see, the enemy of our soul, he is so crafty. And one of the ways that he brings loss and heartache into the lives of ourselves and to those that we love is by tempting us to satisfy a hunger in our life or a legitimate need, any hunger that, that a man may have, a hunger for acceptance and love, a hunger to feel important, whatever it may be, to satisfy that need outside of God's design. In Matthew chapter 4, the enemy came to Jesus and, and, and tempted him, right, to turn those stones into bread. And it wasn't that the hunger was wrong. It was the solution to satisfy the hunger that caused, that would have caused the sin. And, and Jesus, of course, resented that temptation. But, but Naomi's husband made a decision to go outside of God's design. And, you know, I, I don't think, I think that Elimelech probably loved his children, Right? And he was living in this dark time where nobody was really following God. And so it's not surprising to me that surrounded by the culture that he took that temporary fix to satisfy a legitimate need. But here's the next thing that happened. The temporary fix turned into a permanent settling inside of Moab that ultimately left Naomi holding great loss and the consequences of her husband's choice, starting in verse 3. Then Elimelech died, and Naomi was left with her two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Orpah, and the other woman named Ruth. But about 10 years later, 
both Malahon and Kilion died, and this left Naomi alone without her two sons or her husband. When a family member decides to satisfy a need outside of God's design, we can often be left carrying the consequences of their choices. And just like Naomi was left with loss and and uh, and their sons ended up marrying Moabite women, which God uh, commanded them not to do, and there was loss, and the decision to go outside of, of God's design dragged the family with it, and it wasn't just Naomi, it was her children too. And I wanna ask you a question. What loss have you suffered in your life because of choices that were not your own? Was there a family member or somebody that was in close relationship to you that decided to satisfy a hunger? Maybe it was a hunger for love and acceptance. Maybe it was a hunger for significance. Maybe it was a hunger for power and domination and control. And maybe they decided to satisfy that outside of God's design. Maybe it's even as simple as this, that your husband, in his need to provide for you, works so hard, but he's not present at home. Or maybe it is that he, mar- he, he uh, or maybe it, perhaps it is so relevant to this story that you say, Eileen, my husband has moved me halfway across the country. And like Naomi, I no longer have my tribe around me and I feel alone and like I've lost so much. Perhaps it is that your husband chose to just leave and divorce you and you're left carrying loss, a single mother all alone. And for a while, in fact, for 10 years, it says that Naomi dwelled there. Now that word dwelled is Y-A-S-H-E. A, B, and it's a word that means abide, marry, inhabit, to dwell. And so what can become a temporary fix can turn into something that we end up settling for, even when we were not the one that made the choice to leave. And it got me thinking, you know, after her husband died, I wonder why she didn't leave right away um, and, and, and why she just settled there. And, you know, I think the situation, I think there's lots of reasons, but, you know, it was complicated, right? Her, her sons had intermarried there. Um, she was probably comfortable there, and uh, you know sometimes even when other people make choices that are outside of God's design, we can just kind of get settled into that routine, and we can believe that this is normal. 
I also think that change is so difficult. Change is so difficult. It's so hard to move a new direction. And then also, I wonder if Naomi was afraid to confront the truth. You know, the one thing about this uh, Bible story, we never see Naomi saying a bad word about her husband. I believe that she loved him greatly. And we see the relationship that Naomi has with her daughter-in-laws and we can tell that she loved greatly. And if she were to go back to Bethlehem, it is like a humbling that she had to do. And it's a confronting of the truth that things didn't work out in Moab. You know, sometimes it's easier, right, for us to be in denial and just settle where we are than to face the pain of our loss and make new choices. And I know for myself and for many other women, time and time again, you hear stories of how when our hands are emptied of everything, when we come to the end of ourselves, it is the new beginning. It is the very doorway that opens up this dependency upon God. It is the loss that ends up leading us home. And that's exactly what happened with Naomi. She had nothing. And listen, as a widow in biblical times, you were one of the most vulnerable people. So she didn't have a husband. She didn't have her sons anymore. But she did have a refuge that she could return to. And I want to point out something here, um, that the cycle, right, the cycle of famine came and loss came right back uh, to Naomi. In other words, um, our, the story of Elimelech started out with a, a back, a darkness that was in Israel where no one was really following God. And the darkness led way to that famine, or I'm going to say a drought, right? And the drought gave way to this desire, this hunger, this need to fulfill what had been lost, which led to Elimelech's decision to go outside of God's design. And this not only had impact on his life, but it had an impact on his family's life. They felt the distress, and then they ended up inside of a new drought. Only this time, Naomi's famine, her hunger was far greater than food. It was the hunger for love. Naomi was all alone. But what I want you to see is that in this loss, when her hands were empty and she had nothing else, it was the very loss that led her back home. And Naomi made a courageous choice 
to handle her loss by changing where she dwelled. And when she made this decision and followed through with it to return to her refuge, it was the very first step to her new beginning. I'm going to read to you verses 6 and 7, and I'm going to be using the New King James Version. It says this, Then she arose. I just love that word. Then she arose with her daughter-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Therefore, she went out from the place that she was and her two daughters-in-law with her. And they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. The first thing that she did was she arose to leave Moab for Bethlehem. Now that word arose is a Hebrew word that means to stand. It means to rise and change is hard. But the first step is she got up. And she said to herself, I'm not going to settle anymore in Moab. You know, that word arose is actually used in the book of Judges to describe this mighty warrior named Deborah, who had to arise to lead the nation of Israel in battle. Let me tell you something. When you have suffered great loss, it takes a tremendous amount of courage for you to stand. And she arose because she heard, right? She heard back in Bethlehem that there was bread, that there was harvest, right? And Bethlehem, that word Bethlehem actually means house of bread, Now I want to go back to uh, Matthew chapter 4 when Jesus was tempted by the enemy and, and, and the enemy tempted Jesus to satisfy his hunger uh, with a solution that was outside of God's design. Jesus responded to the enemy using this scripture, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That is the power of his word. It can sustain us when we've suffered great loss. Psalm 63, 5 says, You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. She arose. And then she arrived in Bethlehem by taking the road home. Psalm 119.105 says this, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Psalm 25.4 and 5 says this, Show me the right path, O Lord, and point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. 
when we hear the word, it can inspire us to arise knowing that we don't have to settle for where we are, that we can leave Moab. And then the road back home begins by using the word as a light to our feet to direct us on our way. And then when Naomi arrived in Bethlehem, she settled there. It doesn't say that she stayed in Bethlehem and then left. It said that she settled there. She came back home. She returned to her refuge. Aren't you so blessed to know that we can always return home to the Father's arms? And what's interesting is when Elimelech was faced with a famine, it drew him away from God. But in this case, the famine is exactly what drew Naomi towards God. And it was inside of Bethlehem when she planted herself there that she would begin to see the redemption. It didn't matter that she was a widow. It didn't matter that she had no means to provide for her. She returned to her refuge. Psalm 91.1 says this, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. That word, to live in, is the same Hebrew word that described when their, their short-term travel turned to a settlement in Moab, right? See, you and I can choose to abide. We can choose to dwell anywhere. But Psalm 91.1 says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty no matter what is going around in our circumstances. I love reading Psalm 91 because it just takes me back to this truth because in Psalm 91, it's not that all the circumstances are hunky-dory. What God is essentially saying inside of the book of Psalms is that there can be a chaos and calamity all around you, child, but when you rest under my shelter, you will find refuge. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 says this, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. I want to introduce to you the first harvest principle from the Word of God, and that is this. When I'm faced with a famine, where I decide to dwell will determine the health of my harvest. Where I decide to dwell will determine the health of my harvest. John 15 is a beautiful passage that talks about the fact that God is the vine dresser 
and that we are to abide in the vine. It says this, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And that abiding to me is that intimate relationship with God. And the first step of that is running home into his arms. Make no mistake about it. This was a courageous choice Naomi made. And I want to ask you a question. Is it a choice that you need to make today? And maybe you've experienced significant loss in your life because of a choice that a family member or somebody close to you made and God says it's time for you to arise and arrive and come back into the refuge of my arms and stay there. You see, with the Lord, there is always life after loss. And the very first step of our redemption is to allow the loss not to lead us away from the Lord, but let it draw you let it draw us to him god's redemption is found as you return to the refuge of his presence to process the pain of your past and find steps of faith you can take today to change your tomorrow jesus is our kinsman redeemer And when we come to him with empty hands, we find that he is our everything and he will restore our soul. Psalm 27, eight says this, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds back, Lord, I'm coming. It's time for us to come home into the arms of his unfailing love to begin our journey of redemption as we lift our pages of loss to walk into our next chapter.